Hello, y'all. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good day, good night, good evening, wherever you at. What's up? How you doing? Thank you for tuning in. I know you could have been somewhere else, but you're here with me today. And that's all that matters. Fuck all that other shit that you got to do. (laughs) Welcome to my black self. Welcome to my urban trauma. This episode was inspired by a book I am reading called Urban Trauma by Mesa Akbar. I really suggest you read it because it is definitely an eye-opener as to our, as in the folks, trauma that we are experiencing we ha- or we have experienced, right? So it made me open up my eyes and the other day I woke up and thought of this episode and like categorized, not categorized, but kind of like did a timeline of my personal trauma that I have experienced. So this episode is going to be a little heavy for me. And possibly for you because it may open your eyes up to things that you have experienced and that you have set aside or maybe tucked under your pillow or put it somewhere else to be dealt with later. So first I would like to start with where I was born. 1989, March 24th on a Friday at 1 p.m. I was born in New Haven, Connecticut at St. Raphael Hospital. Now, for those who don't know, obviously for those who know, you know, um, there were two separate hospitals in New Haven. There was Yale and there was St. Raphael, right? Now they're both combined, so they're really not separated anymore. I am going to say it was year... 1998 or 7 I do not know but I believe it was not in the 2000s and my grandparents owned a three family home in New Haven up top right but still in the Ville now New Haven is separated into sections of different hoods and I grew up in the Ville section of it. And I believe before I was born, it was called New Hallville, right? It was, a, it was, it was nice, it was cute, it was quaint. I, this is what I remember. Um, and I also have learned that sometimes your memories are blocked by what you really wanted your memory to be. But in this case, I don't, I don't think that is. Me, my oldest sister, and my grandmother. We were sitting in the back room, which at the time was my aunt's room or my sister's room. It was one of those. And we were just laying on the bed, chilling. And the funny thing is we still kind of do that today. And we heard gunshots. Like, pow, pow, pow. You know, everybody know what gunshots sound like. And... When you hear gunshots in the house, no matter what age you are, you stop for a moment. 
It's like you give it time to silence and hear the aftermath or the after effect of it. And growing up where I grew up, it was pretty damn common to hear gunshots after a certain time of day, kind of like behind my house or like the next street over. We heard them. We went to the front porch shortly after. Because in the hood, once you start shooting and once you stop, that's that. Normally it's done, right? Because you got to get the fuck up out of there. And for some reason, I remember seeing this man on the porch. Bloody. Um, he didn't die. He did not die. I remember that. But he had got shot. A drive-by. Next day, of course, the porch, it was, it, it was, porch was red, of course, um, from blood. Um, that was that experience. The house was directly across the street from me. This is a form of my trauma. Growing up in a neighborhood where you love your neighbors, you're having a great time as a kid, but there's still some, I wanna say terror, fright of it happening while you're at home sitting on your porch um, if someone's looking for the wrong person. Like I said earlier, hearing the sound of gunshots became common and normal, a type of normalcy, which is also not normal, but normal for me and people who grew up where I grew up. <laughs> I was also teased, right? Like most kids, I have a memory of me going to daycare. Daycare was fine in New Haven. Then I went to my elementary school, Lincoln Bassett. Don't have many memories from that. I remember having a crush on my teacher, Mrs. London. She was fine, brown skin and like pretty grayish brownish hair, right? It was your normal inner city school, I would say, which is also terrible. Um, behaviors, distractions, that kind of thing. My father took me out and put me into a private school. Now in my inner city school, there were a lot of people who looked like me Going to a private school, there were lesser people who looked like me. That was a traumatic experience. A culture shock in a sense, but I knew other races and other nationalities existed, but it just was still a traumatic experience. 
I was teased there. Mostly for being gay before I knew I was gay. How you gonna tease me because I'm gay, but I don't know I'm gay? How you know I'm gay? What's going on here? Right? I also had a really bad acne, so I got teased for that as well. And it was us who teased me. It wasn't them. It was us. And I say that to say we have to be aware of what we're adding to a person's life story or the way a person behaves in the next grade or just a way they behave or hide within this fucked up world that we're in. That was in 1999 when I transferred over to St. Francis in Fairhaven. And the bakery across the street had the best, like, I forget what the, it was an Italian bakery, I forget what it's called, but it was like pepperoni bread and broccoli and cheese bread, and it was one of the best things I have had in my, in my life, right? But overall, elementary school was fun, and me being teased by us, there were still friendships by made by those people, right? I wasn't against being friends with us. It was, I'm just pointing that out um, because it did affect me. Your normal neighborhood drama happened. There were fights. There, uh, the neighbors across the street. I hope and I pray that y'all get the opportunity to listen to this. Because y'all had the neighborhood turned up, okay? <laughs> and y'all are some of my favorite fucking people, I swear. But y'all had the neighborhood turned up. I seen things that I should not have seen. <laughs> y'all was wilding. Definitely entertaining. Entertainment becomes trauma. I don't think I should have witnessed my neighbor coming outside with a knife trying to kill her cousin. Not kill, but stab. I don't think I should have witnessed that. And once again, it was normal. Extremely normal. I got teased in the neighborhood. Um, there was one dude who used, to, I'm not gonna say his name, but he definitely picked on me and definitely called me gay. At one point, I was kind of scared to go down to the other side of the street, still on my block. Like, I was scared to walk to the corner store to go get me a goddamn beef patty, right? Now, I've told the story about me going to get beef patties, but I didn't tell how deep it was. Like, I had to fight this dude to be able to, to stand my ground because I was so... I was so scared and so tired of this nigga talking shit that we actually had to fight. And yes, I did win this one. And no, I'm not boosting myself up because I have lost some. Okay? Before my grandparents or my grandmother sold the home I grew up in, I wanna say it was right before, cause this was also 2003, this was freshman year. Halloween came around. 
2002 Halloween. Me and a good friend, Lawanda, walked the neighborhood. For some reason, this um, my spirit is telling me this was after we sold the home, but whatever. It was Halloween. I've always been scared to be in my neighborhood or in certain areas of New Haven on this specific day. We walked the block, went down Dixwell Avenue. It was just me and her. No kids, it was just me and her. I was approached, which I knew I was gonna be approached because niggas used to fuck with me. In addition to my trauma, right? Niggas really used to fuck with me. And being in a closet, or not necessarily in the closet, but trying to figure out who you are and you have people teasing you for who you may become or who you think you you are, is very challenging. Um, and it definitely lowers your self-esteem. And it definitely like wears you the fuck down. I was approached, I don't remember words, word for word. My memory works to where I can remember things, but I, I may not remember words, right? I remember being robbed, like phone stolen or phone taken, and my friend couldn't do anything, right? Because she was a girl. Not to say girls can't do things, but it's at least 10 niggas. What we about to do? Absolutely nothing but give him my shit. Didn't bother her took my shit and to top it off, threw a goddamn egg at me to say happy fucking Halloween. I was at high school actually. I was going to Hamden High. I remember the next day telling a friend about it, telling her what happened to me. One of my great friends. To make everything better, she made a joke out of it, right? And I went along. Cause I was like, oh, this is how I can get through things. I can laugh at them. Which is a power I still have today. It definitely worked. Shout out to you. She know who she is. Before selling the home, I went to Wilbur Cross in 2003. I was back with my people. Inner city-ish. My mom graduated from this high school. It felt like home to me. I remember having a lockdown, seeing dudes walk by the classroom that I knew didn't go there. Come to find out they were looking for somebody to shoot someone. What if I was in the hallway? What would have happened to me if I looked like the man they were looking for. The boy they were looking for. What if I was just caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time? What if? But something about me, it was so normal. I loved that school. The relationships I built there were amazing. The people I met were freaking awesome, okay? 
the teachers were great. They wanted black kids to be great. That's why I loved it. <laughs> I went to Hampton High for two years, which is where I had my first African-American studies class. Don't remember much because I hated high school. I didn't fit in. I felt completely out of place at this school. It wasn't for me. After hating Hamden High so much, our lease is up and my mom decides to move back to New Haven in the tray, which is another part or another hood in New Haven on Orchard Street. Our first night we moved in, a little girl got shot and killed around the corner. It was practically across the street. I heard the gunshots. I didn't know what happened until after. Another form of trauma added to me. Another thick layer of skin I formed for me to cope and be okay. Orchard Street was the hot spot for me, for my friends. I was in the center of everybody I needed to be in the center of. It was great. It was a great experience growing up there. One day I was sleeping in my bedroom. I closed the door, I locked it. My window was unlocked. My phone was charging. Going back to, a man opened my window and took my cell phone while I was sleeping on Orchard Street. We lived on the first floor. They saw him. My sister and my mom were pulling in and they saw like chairs by the under the windows on the side of the house because the side of the house is also the way you pulled in on the drive on this side, you know, um, in the driveway. So they saw that somebody was trying to get in and I believe he might've ran away once they pulled in, but he had chairs underneath the windows trying to get in. And my sister banging, 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 they banging on the door. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Somebody was trying to break in the house. What? Seriously? I wake up, my cell phone is gone. I was sleeping good. Another layer added to me. You talk about being terrified because you're asleep and then you have to live your normal life and you have no idea who that person was. No idea. Continued gunshots. Metal detectors at school. School to prison pipeline. Right? Metal detectors at school. Granted, there are people walking around here with guns, so well, what happened? Me and my friends used to hang out on Munson and Dixwell. And Orchard Street was not even a mile up the street. I walked home one night. I was kind of lit. Or back then we used to say tipsy. 
right? I was approached. And I just remember all black. And a BB gun being shot at me. Terrified. Never told anybody. I just was scared shitless. Another layer of skin. I was in a relationship with the man at, at this point. 2006. First relationship with a man. We are walking. It's him. I honestly do not remember who else was there. I just remember him and another good friend of mine were walking because we called a friend and she said, oh, I got some pizza. Y'all want some pizza? And we're like, okay, we on our way out there anyway, so let's just stop by your house and get some pizza. I'm walking, we are walking down the street and this car is like kind of close to us, like, like messing with us, fucking with us, right? And I'm like, what is this person doing? And I have my boyfriend who I feel I have to protect next to me. And I have one of my great friends or greatest friends who I feel like I have to protect next to me. I go off. Literally, y'all, I want to say this man or this cop car, which was unmarked was maybe about 20, 30 inches away from me, just fucking with me. There's no sidewalk on this street. So I'm walking on the side of the walk, <laughs> right? And I turn around and I go off. And he gets out the car, stops the car and goes, get out of the car. I mean, not get out of the car, but freeze or some shit like that. Doesn't give me any warning. Doesn't give me like, hey, I'm actually a police officer. You should watch how you talk to people or just be careful next time. But he was fucking with me. So the me now knows that he was asking for this attention. And I gave it to him. I had no idea who this man was. He just was trying to cop to arrest me. And I fought him so deep that more cops came. I don't remember them coming, but more cops came and I'm just fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. I believe all of my other trauma came out, right? All that other shit that I experienced, all the other shit that I seen, all the other things that I've been scared of came out and I felt like I was being attacked and I just couldn't control it anymore and I literally blacked out. I remember being on the ground. I don't remember how long this went on for. I remember being on the ground. This is a taser. I will tase you if you don't calm down. And I look up, like I'm like, oh, sh like what is going on? Like I blacked out, like I, I don't know what's happening. And my friend goes, Malcolm, calm down. I said, oh shit. I was arrested for walking while black. Granted, I resisted arrest at this point, but I also did not know I was being arrested by an officer who was in an unmarked car with no uniform. Another layer added, coming out of the closet was a whole nother story, but it is nowhere near intense.
moving to Atlanta was also a form of a culture shock. Because I seen black people like a motherfucker. Fast forward to the deaths that happened of unarmed black men added on another layer for me. I moved back to Connecticut in 2018. 2020, George Floyd is killed in front of all of us. Murdered. I got into a few fights. Most of them I started. The last fight I got in, I, I, I swear my nose is still fucked up. I had a whole black eye for like two days, okay? That's the one I did not win. <laughs> but I had a good ass friend who held me the fuck down. And when I got picked up and thrown out the club, I snuck back in because my friend was still in there. I said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you will not have me fucked up. I don't give a fuck. What just happened? My friend's still in there. Is it round two, three, or four? What's up? <laughs> Another form of trauma added as if I wasn't already nervous of the police or scared, frightened, hatred. I don't feel protected. Protect and serve who? Not my black body. Black Lives Matter protests. I remember a white man speaking up and telling a crowd of people that we have to teach and be patient with white people because they don't know about the racism happening in our country. I blacked out again. My father found out, saw this video, right? I wasn't burning shit up, I wasn't fighting, but I just said some things, right? Malcolm, you can't, you have to be careful. And I'm like, what, the, what is he talking about? What are you talking about? Be careful, I wasn't doing anything. I'm 31 years old, why are you telling me to be careful? <laughs> Malcolm, you had experiences with the police that probably still bother you. So you have to be careful when you go outside trying to fight for rights when you have been affected and probably never talked about it until I just reminded you, which was completely accurate. Not in a sense where, oh shit, I'm fucked up. <laughs> We all have a form of urban trauma. I suggest you read the book because it opened my eyes. And sometimes something has to happen in order for you to realize, oh shit, I've been holding on for this, to this for 30 years, 20 years. We also, I, I'm speaking for myself. I've always had trauma from slavery. I've never experienced slavery, but I've always had trauma from slavery. 
How can something that has never happened to me affect me so much? Epigenetic. I'm going to leave you with that. I appreciate you listening to my story. I hope it allows you to share and open your eyes to the things you have experienced, um, good or bad. Today, I just told you all of the bad. Some of us don't want to connect to our trauma. But it is part of the reason why we act the way we act and why who why we are who we are today. Thank you for listening to my urban trauma. Goodbye.